I'm Pat Hyben, and over the past 25 years, I've sold over 7,000 homes, selling over a billion dollars in volume. In 2010, I sold my team business to my top agent and went on book tour promoting my book, Six Steps to Seven Figures, a real estate professional's guide to building wealth and creating your destiny. That book went on to become a New York Times bestseller. Now I live off the passive income streams from the real estate I bought with commissions I earned as a full-time agent. And I am committed to giving back to the real estate industry as so many mentors of mine have given back to me. On this show, we'll interview the world's best agents, brokers, coaches, and investors to help you make more commissions and create the life you deserve. Get a free copy of Chantel Ray's Five Alive contract, the form that she has her agents sign to get a guaranteed $75,000 salary if they don't make it in commissions. A very controversial plan that's happening in her market today. You can get a free copy. Just text CONTRACT to 444-999 or go to hybendigital.com backslash contract. That's hybendigital.com backslash contract or just text CONTRACT to 444 444- Nine nine nine. Okay, Rockstar Nation, I have a special guest today. I have Mr. Hans Finzelon, and Hans is an expert in leadership. And I know that so many agents out there struggle with building teams, with delegating and with leveraging themselves so that they can do more business next year than they did this year, that I sought out somebody who could help us with this, and uh, I ran across Hans Finzel. So I'm, I'm excited to have him on the show. Hans, thanks for taking time today out of your busy schedule. Hey, Pat. So great to be with you. I really, it's great to meet you, and I'm excited about our conversation today. Hansi, you, you know, I know you've, you, you know, a lot of great people and you, you've been speaking across the world. I see you've spoken in five different uh, continents on the subject of leadership. You've written over 10 books or 10 books. Uh, so you definitely know your trade, but why don't you just give our audience a little background on you so they can get to know you better? Sure. By the way, Hans Finzel, people always ask me, hey, so where do you come from? Well, I am German, but I come from Alabama. <laughs> I was actually born and raised in Huntsville, <laughs> Alabama. People think, how can a guy with the name Hans be from Huntsville? But uh, my- <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Car, the car ran out of gas, or the, right. well, the horse got, carriage, the horse died, and you <laughs> stuck there. And I was born, and uh, I am bilingual. I speak German is actually my first language, and. Uh, uh, speaking of speaking overseas, I just got back from Berlin where I was able to do a series of lectures on leadership there in German. That was kind of cool. But I was born in Alabama, raised, you know, uh, had a, uh, I've always kind of gravitated toward leadership. People ask me, this question is the number one question people ask me about leadership. Are leaders made or are they born? Right? You've heard that question. Yeah, right. And, of course, the answer is yes. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. They are made and they are born. There are some of us. 
and I am one of those. I'm, I, I was born with natural leadership abilities, and, and it seems like when I was a kid, even before I was a teenager, you know, I was the leader of the gang in the neighborhood, <laughs> and then in high school, I had a band, and I was the leader of the band, and mm. Boy Scouts, I was the, the leader of the Boy Scout troop. So, you naturally, some people are naturally wired to be leaders, but I don't think those necessarily are the best leaders. So, I think what you learn is more important than what you are born with. And actually, a lot of people that are born with natural leadership abilities have some huge weak spots, which we're going to talk about in the show today. But anyway, I I spent my career in the nonprofit sector uh, internationally. I was a CEO for 20 years, and I started writing books on leadership because I Honestly, I saw a lot of bad leaders and I actually worked under a, <laughs> I worked under a guy who was a super gifted, super talented control freak. Yeah. And, and he absolutely frustrated me so much. I, I quit and moved away. I was living overseas and I was so frustrated by my leader that I left and he stood in the way of my dreams. And that's when I started writing and studying about leadership because I thought if I'm a leader, I don't want to be that kind of person. I want to be the kind of person that actually empowers people and and people like to work with and they respect my leadership. So that's yeah. kind of my story. I, I I love that, and I know that the real estate industry, you know, runs rampant with, for lack of a better way, with poor leaders because and I'm. I'm a, and I'm saying this firsthand, right? This is not a generalization. <laughs> you know, when, when I spent 25 years uh, in the real estate industry as an agent, building a team with my own team, I had plenty of people leave my team. I don't want to, uh, you know, sound egotistical here. I had plenty of people leave my team because I was a crappy leader. And I also ha- was able to recruit plenty of people from other real estate teams because they didn't like the leadership at the team they were currently on. And it's if you, if you look at some of these team members nowadays, you know, every five years they're on a different real estate team. These are the salaried people and some, and the agents too. But, um, but uh, so, so anyway, so let's dig re- deep down into this. So, you know, you've recently written this book, the top 10 ways to be a great leader. It's an incredible book. You know, I don't want to go over all these 10 ways. So what I want to do, though, is I picked out five of them that I think the real estate sales agent needs to know that I think the real estate sales agent will benefit from and make more commissions and uh, have less turnover and, you know, hire better people and keep keep people happy throughout their career if they understand and utilize these five lessons. So how about we just dig into these five? Yeah, let me just say something. Uh, You just mentioned the real estate industry, and I think leadership is important in every industry, whether it's nonprofit, profit, education, law enforcement, you name it. And in your case, you know, if you're listening and you're thinking, well, why do I need to hear about being a better leader? It will directly convert to more sales and more income, right? I agree, hundred percent. I mean, and perhaps some people haven't figured that out yet. You know, why are people leaving my team, and why can't I grow my team, and why aren't we making more money year over year? And it has a ton to do with leadership. People will stay with leaders that they 
uh, trust and admire and want to follow. So yeah, I just kind of wanted to. It's always that. it's all yeah it's always the leader. You know, uh, you know, one of my favorite books is uh, First Break All the Rules," which yeah, basically which basically you know says. Um, Contrary to popular belief, you know, retirement plans, bonuses, you know, paid time off. Really, the reason why people stay at jobs is because they like the leadership. That's right. Period. Yep. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. Yeah, let's dive so in. So let's dive in. What I want to talk about first is, um, and you've got this broken down, by the way, into leadership, right? L-E-A-D-E-R. Yeah, I love the... I love top, top 10 lists. My best-selling book is Top 10 Mistakes Leaders Make, which a lot of people know me by that book. And I was always a huge David Letterman fan. And so top 10 lists are my thing. A lot of my books have that in the title. But I realized the word leadership has 10 letters in it, and I just couldn't Perfect. resist. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> so this book, The Top 10 Ways to Be a Great Leader, I have a principle for each of the 10 letters in the word leadership. That's awesome. Okay, so let's start with the first one, which is listen and learn. Tell me about that. Yeah, if you were to ask me what's the most important of, of these 10 principles or behaviors I go through, I'd say the L in leadership. I'm so glad that the L, that's the first letter in the word, because listen and learn are the two most important words in a leader's vocabulary. I do a lot of speaking, and I ask the audiences, how many of you have worked for a terrible boss? And Pat, just guess what percentage of the crowd will raise their pretty hands. Pretty much all of them. I mean, if, yeah, uh, pretty I, well what, everybody. One popped into my head when I was like 16, 17 years old that I couldn't stand. That was one of the reasons I went into entrepreneurship, to be honest with you, is because I just couldn't stand bosses and and coaches that I had in my past. I mean, they just drove me nuts. And so, yeah, uh, so yeah absolutely. Dig, uh, so I dig down into why. Why was it? so miserable to work for that person and invariably they tell me they just won't listen they won't listen mm. they're not open to input they're not open to feedback they're control freaks they want to make all the decisions they want me to do it their way and they just don't listen mm. And so listening is a really – people love to follow leaders that are willing to listen. That doesn't mean you do whatever everybody tells you to do, but people need to feel they were heard. And sometimes that other word, learn, a leader will learn, oh, you know what? They're right. Learn from their people. Exactly, yeah. because yeah. if you can get over the fact that just because you're the leader, you're not the most important person. Right. And some of the, as you know, throughout history, some of the greatest ideas in business have come from the rank and file. Always. Yeah. Not always, but a lot of time. Yeah, absolutely. So listen to the people on the edges. They might have the best idea you never thought of. So well, we're all about actionable content here. We're all about, you know, what can we do today that would make us a better leader? So what can we do today that would make us a better leader? listener, better learner with our real estate team. Can you give me an example of something that an agent listening might be able to go back, sit down with one of their employees yeah. and do for three minutes and, and, and that's a task? Yeah, by the way, at the end of each chapter, I have like four or five actionable items and discussion groups. And here's one from this chapter. Sit down with one of your favorite people that you really trust and ask them, hey, you know, I want to ask you a question. I want you to be honest do you think I'm a good listener? <laughs> Just throw that out there. <laughs> and then bite your lip, and then right? Don't say anything. Yeah. Shut up and listen to what they say. And don't get defensive. 
I think that's a great actionable item. Uh, people have told me in the past, uh, Hans, you don't really listen. I had a lot of people work for me, and sometimes people would come to me and say, you know, you don't really listen. And I learned a skill. Uh, when people are telling you something, especially that you might find hard to hear or, or you don't agree with, I would tell them back what I heard. You know, you say, okay, mm. here is what I heard you say. And that, that's really a helpful concept because then people realize, oh, yeah, he did hear me. And then I'll go on and say, I'm not going <laughs> to, I don't agree with you. Uh, and people don't necessarily expect the leader to do that, but they want to know they were heard. Okay. So that's a great practice to, to say back to them what they said to you so they know you heard them. Okay. On the on the learn part, uh, here's another practical thing. You, if you're in real estate leadership and you have a team, you really should be reading some books on how to be a good leader. That's another way to keep learning. Indeed. I think if you quit learning today, you're going to quit leading tomorrow. People love to follow leaders that are willing to grow and to change and to learn and to say, you know, I made a mistake here. You know that that is a gap in my knowledge. So learning. And they're going to so, get tired of hearing you preach the same stuff over and over again. So you got to learn stuff to keep it yeah. lively, right? They don't want to hear the same old stories and illustrations. <laughs> Absolutely. Exactly. They're like, oh, God, here goes again. Here so goes again. That's the story about that old grandmother. <laughs> <laughs> so, so maybe after you say, you know, they give you your answer, whatever their answer is, you could say something like, well, would it be okay if I came to you time, time and again to find out you know, how we can make this a better place to work. Absolutely. You know, I actually did that with uh, a team of young people. Uh, I'm actually writing my next book on how um, millennials and boomers can work together well in the workplace. Mm. Cause that's a huge topic of discussion right now. And there's a lot of friction uh, because millennials, the young people that are coming in, uh, like it or not, they are the future and you need to have them on your team. Indeed. Uh, but but they're very different. So I actually had a pizza lunch just with the people who were under 35 years old in my office. And I asked them that very question. Uh, what's it like to work around here? And how could we make it a better place for your generation to work? Oh, my gosh. Is that a great, a great topic? Did you regret? Yeah, I'd be like, damn, that's going to oh. cost me another hundred grand. <laughs> no, I loved it. And their, their ideas were not expensive. Uh, in fact, uh, the uh, chapter three on accessibility, the A in leadership is for accessibility mm. and vulnerability. Mm. One of the biggest things I've learned about millennials is they want bosses that are accessible and vulnerable. Mm. In other words, they're willing to admit their mistakes and say they're not perfect. And they don't right. want them to hang out in some ivory tower corner office you know, just separated and isolated from everybody. They all have reticular activators for <laughs> false prophecy. <laughs> you know, I've never heard that. What is that? <laughs> yeah. Reticular activator, like an antenna. It's like a psych psychological yeah. word for antennas on your head where you're picking up signals. And, and I feel like millennial generation, if, if, if they could find something that you're lying about or something that is not truthful, um, uh, they'll point it out really fast. Exactly. They'll you know, smell it. A false prophet. You know, <laughs> yeah. you're a hypocrite. And, Hypocrisy and talk, is I'm like talking a that target. Yeah, I talk <laughs> in that accessibility chapter about how threatening it is to a lot of older generations, boomers and builders, 
to have the millennials in your face about that kind of thing, but you might as well get used to it because that's the way they are. Yeah, right. Deal with it. Okay. So, uh, all right. So what I want to go into now is the emotional intelligence part of this, because I think that there's a lot of agents and I know some of these agents personally who lack the emotional intelligence for their team, which is very curious because you know, when they go out on a, uh, a listing appointment or they're working with a, a client where there's a commission involved, they could have phenomenal bedside manner. But as soon as they get back into the office, they're a tyrant. And I don't understand why they flip the switch like that. So, so maybe you can help with this, with this second, with this chapter here on emotional intelligence. Yeah, a lot of uh, EQ is kind of a new thing. It just popped up in the last 10 years. And IQ, you know, is an, emo- is an intellectual, your, your intellectual intelligence. EQ is your emotional intelligence. And it's much more important for leadership effectiveness than IQ. You know, how many smart people do we know that are terrible bosses? They're very gifted. They're very smart. They're very talented. They're very intense, but they have no EQ. EQ is what I call the soft side of leadership. It's people skills. How do you get along with people? How do you manage conflict with your team? You know, how do you relate to your team? These are the soft skills. And when I hire people... I care so much more about EQ than IQ. I always like to say hire for attitude, train for skill. And if they have great people skills, that's what I want to know most. And of course, in your industry, hello, you know, people skills are really going to make you a successful salesperson, but they're also going to help you be a successful team leader. Podcasts Nation. Boy. Listen, the emails, Facebook comments, everything is blowing up with regards to episode 500, Dale Archdeacon and Sam Monreal, the premier experts on real estate leads in the world, I would say, were on and it was a phenomenal show. They have a class on Rebus University. They have three classes that are being offered at 195 bucks each, the certified outbound lead specialist. Certified Inbound Lead Specialist and the Certified ISA Manager course, all with a ton of videos, a ton of tests, and a ton of special downloads to help you build your outbound leads, your inbound leads, and your ISA teams. And so we are offering them for a hundred people only. A hundred people only, we're giving a bundle. And in that bundle, you're going to get all three and you get them all three for 495 bucks or you can buy them separately for 195 bucks each. You know, take the shortcut, avoid all the mistakes, you know, the right way to do it from the beginning, right out of the gate, turnkey and easy, improve your lead conversion, improve your ROI, more commission dollars. I mean, just get the roadmap from proven experts. Your return on investment of 495 bucks is tenfold just from one sale, maybe 20fold just from one sale. I mean, the cost of this course has a massive return on investment, a massive one. Look at the five-star reviews on rebusuniversity.com of all of our other courses, and you'll see that uh, we don't make crap. We make courses that are phenomenal, and these are some of the best. We have a 100% money-back guarantee 
And again, it's proven experts who walk the talk. They don't just teach it. They're in the trenches every day. Now, when I did the interview with them on episode 500, they offered their emails to the world. And I'm like, dude, you do not want this. This could be a mistake. I said, let's just make this bundle. We'll make it a hundred people for the bundle. We'll close it after a hundred and anybody that gets the bundle will give them out your emails. So that's what we're going to do. Not only do you get the bundle, but you're going to get their private emails so you can email them questions you have as you go along or just email them and say hello. And that will be only for the first hundred people that jump on this one way to get it. And that's just the text bundle text bundle b-u-n-d-l-e to 444-999 just text bundle to 444-999 get the isa manager course the outbound lead and the inbound lead course all in one this one is one of the best trust me that's bundle <laughs> that's bundle to 444-999 text the word bundle now So what is something that people can instantly tweak within their team, within their real estate team in the next month or so that would help promote this EQ within them? Well, it's kind of back to the uh, the other idea we had there in the first chapter on listen and learn. Uh, in the world of EQ, we talk about blind spots. And all of us have blind spots that we cannot see. They are weaknesses in our approach. I'm just dealing with a law office out on the East Coast where um, I'm helping uh, them go through a 360-degree evaluation of the top um, attorney in the firm. And uh, he's struggling because people are giving him feedback that he's a little uh, threatened about. So feedback about how you're doing. Because you can't see a blind spot. Others mm. see it. Yeah, right. It could be 95% effective you know, on, on all levels, but you have this 5% uh, blind spot. And that 5% can look huge to your team. And so you're not going to figure that out on your own. You're going to have to have people shine a light on your blind spot. And so you do that by really getting your most trusted people together. There are great instruments online. You can Google 360-degree evaluations or whatever, or some great resources on EQ that I have in the end of that chapter, uh, great books on the topic. But basically, you're going to... Um, you're going to ask them, hey, on a scale of 1 to 10, how would you rate me as, a, as your team leader? And I'm going to be quiet. I'm going to listen. I'm going to try not to be defensive. But I, I really want to improve because I want to have a team that people love to be a part of. And I want you guys to stick around. Wow. So I'm just, you know. So, so are you better off doing that anonymously? Because I think some people might be a little fearful that, you know, you know, this is the person that can hire, that can fire them, basically. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I have mixed feelings about the anonymous because uh, I actually had a bitter experience myself where sometimes people can use that as a vendetta and a way to, uh, I guess if only uh, the boss or the team leader reads the the feedback i guess it's fine but i think you have to be careful controlling where that information goes mm, okay all right good so so now i want to talk about effective communication but i really want to find out like 
How is this chapter, the E chapter on effective communication, how, how is this different than, uh, you know, the first two, listen, learn, and have emotional intelligence? Well, because uh, the, the listening and learning and the EQ is almost like receiving and, and it's more passive. It's like who I am. Communication is very um, active. It's what you say. It's how you communicate. Um, I have a – let me give you an illustration. And the point is leaders need to let the troops know what's going on uh, financially, future trends, you know, whatever. I think, uh, if, if followers are left in the dark, I don't know if you've ever heard the illustration. A lot of people feel like they're mushrooms, you know, and mushrooms, they grow in a dark cave and every once in a while they, uh, throw a fertilizer on them <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and we know what that fertilizer is. Right. Made yeah, of. yeah. 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 Well, that's how a lot of people feel. I'm, I'm left in the dark mm. and fed a lot of you know what, yeah, and I don't and I don't know what's going on. And people hate it when they don't know what's going on. And so, a leader's responsibility is to communicate. It's a huge uh, part of your job description uh, to let people know on a regular basis, hey, what's going on? You know, bigger than your little foxhole. And so that's that's what I mean by effective communication. And the larger your team, the more important it is that it becomes a little more formal. If you have a small team and you're all together in the office, there's only four of you, then, you know, have a weekly team meeting and just talk and say, hey, here's what I see, what's going on. Here's what I'm thinking about for the future. Here's something, a new software package I'm thinking we ought to get. You know what I'm saying? This kind of thing. Yeah, have absolutely. Have regular team meetings, duh. You know. <laughs> yeah, and don't be the only one talking. Right. Yeah, and then after you've shared the updates of what you see going on, say, hey, what would you guys like to know about what's going on? So that's what I mean uh, by effective communication. And if you have a larger team, I don't know if you have people who would be distributed geographically where they would not all be working in the same office. Yeah, Does absolutely, that especially nowadays, yeah. Yeah, so... <laughs> Uh, I find that you need to uh, communicate in various different ways. You know, you can send out video updates. You can have Skype, Zoom call. I use Zoom a lot in in my industry where mm -hmm. I have a lot of people on the calls. Those are fantastic, having Zoom updates, which is like being in the same room, but it's by video. Uh, whether maybe you have a uh, internal Facebook page, your you know your your office has their own in you know private Facebook group, and you put it in there. But figure out different ways to communicate. But the bottom line is, leader, the leader needs to let the troops know what's going on on a macro level. Okay, okay, absolutely, I love it, and and I'm all about that. Okay, so let's jump now into seven. I know that this is uh, one of the subjects you're very passionate about. And that is S for servant attitude. Tell me about yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's about servant leadership. I, you've heard that term, servant leadership. Yes, absolutely. It's it's quite popular. It was first coined in the 1970s by a guy by the name of Robert Greenleaf, who wrote a book called Servant Leadership. Uh, but it's really about, uh, to me, a sir. Here's my definition: When the leader cares more about the good of the team than his or her own enrichment. That's servant leadership. Okay, let me and, slow that down. So, yeah, yeah. so when the leader cares more about the good of the team than his or her own enrichment. Mm, yeah, what's in the best interest of the team? We've always called my team in the past. We when when I was selling real estate on a high level, we 
we gave the team a name. We named it Mufasa. Which, <laughs> I like that. Yeah, uh, from the Lion King. And yeah. we wanted the team to have a name so we could talk about what's in Mufasa's best interest. So it didn't sound like what's in Pat Hyben's best interest. What's in a Pat Hyben real estate group's best interest because it was too personal to me. Yes, I love that. That is so good because uh, people people know if you're in it just for yourself or if you're really in it for the team. And and you know, there's famous Zig Ziglar. Everybody knows Zig Ziglar, but he was famous for saying, you know, if we help people get what they want, we'll get what we want. That's exactly what servant leadership is. Mm-hmm. If you help your team be successful, you will be successful. Yeah, and you have you have to convert. From me to we. This is not about me. This is about we together. That's servant leadership. It's an attitude that the that I really love my team. <laughs> and I care about them on a personal level. And they will know if you care about them. And if they know you care about them and their success, they will follow you to the ends of the earth, you know? So take care of your team, uh, care about your team, and everything else will fall into place. That's right. Focus on them. And isn't that interesting? That connects back to listening and learning uh, and good EQ because if you don't listen to them, you're not going to know what's going on. And I have this philosophy management by wandering around. Mm -hmm. You know, you probably heard. And I, as a CEO, I had to get up from my desk and from my corner office and wander around the building at least once or twice a day and just stop at people's cubicles and ask them how they're doing. And, you know, how's your, your kid? I know he just had surgery, little Tommy. How's, how's he recovering or gosh, it's amazing how powerful that is because people realize I'm not just a cog in the machine that's trying to help you be successful. Uh, you really care about me. That, yeah. That's servant leadership. I, I, I remember I, I had to deal with that personally. I used to be so busy, like back-to-back appointments and had to return three or four calls in between like two appointments and I had five minutes that I used to rush through the office like as fast as I could and like not make eye contact with everybody, just go right back <laughs> to my desk. And I was the leader, right? Yeah. And, um, and uh, that, but I felt like I didn't have any other choice when really I did. I needed to just have better time management and block out walking around time, you know? That's, that's what I did. I ended up, I, I was never had enough time for all the pressures of what I had to do, the tyranny, the urgent, but I realized, you know, people work is more important than paperwork. And I have got to schedule time to wander around and list, touch a few of the people, you know, emotionally that are in my operation here yeah yeah okay well i'm excited about this last one because um i I think a lot of agents uh, suffer from lack of this and uh, i know personally an agent that has had an entire team right this is like five to ten people leave them on the same day like so so they all quit on the same day uh, obviously, it was they were leaving in, in, to spite this agent, right? They, this was a way of them getting back at this agent for being such a tyrant. So, oh. I, and 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 that's not the first sort of instance I've heard of that where where people just spin off. Like I said, we used to recruit a lot of people from other people's teams or have other people interview with us because they they suffered from this number five here with number eight, actually, which is, which is hands off 
a delegation. I think real estate agents in general are control freaks. They're workaholics. They think that no one can do as good a job as them. And they expect a $30,000 or $70,000 employee, maybe $50,000, whatever the, the fee is, uh, to do as good a job as them, yet they're making a couple hundred grand or, or a million. You know what I mean? Yet they expect people lower than them to do exactly the job that they would do. And, they, and, and, and this explodes on them, right? Their, their team implodes, let's say. So talk to me about this and what can our listeners do now so that they don't suffer from this disease of micromanagement. Yeah, hands on. We're talking about the top 10 ways to be a great leader. And the H in leadership, I like to say, is for hands-off delegation. Uh, when I, again, talk to frustrated team members and followers, this is a huge issue. My boss doesn't know how to delegate. He's a control freak. She's a control freak. I have to do it her way or the highway. And people don't enjoy that kind of job. I like to say people want the pride of ownership. And and so that means I have to have some freedom. I need the authority with the responsibility to do things my way. And if I totally fail, of course, I'm, I need to listen to you and do a better job. But most people will do a better job if you give them the authority with the responsibility. I'm going to give you an illustration. If you've ever gone from renting an apartment to owning a home, mm. you know, when you rent an apartment, you don't care about that place. You're just renting it. But as soon as you buy a home, all of a sudden, man, you're going to Home Depot every Saturday, you know. And so that's the way people feel about their job. It's a pride of ownership about their tasks, their responsibility. Uh, and if they feel like, I'm just the machine that has to do it the way the boss is asking me to, and they're looking over my shoulder every minute and micromanaging me, they will walk out. They will leave. People need to sense ownership. And so that's what hands-off delegation is. Have you ever heard the saying, blessed are the control freaks, for they shall inhibit the earth? It's <laughs> <laughs> a great little verse there. Yeah, that's, that's blessed awesome. Blessed are the control freaks, for they shall inhibit the earth. And control freaks... Oh, by the way, Pat, I've observed that the more gifted you are and talented and the more good you are at what you do, the worse delegator you are. Hmm, that's interesting. Why is that? Because you can do everything better than other people. Hmm. <laughs> and so you're thinking to yourself, I can do it faster and better myself, so you do it my way. But that's not good leadership because, again, people need to have pride of ownership. They need to sense you know, I have something at stake here. I want to use my abilities and my gifts. And if I have to do it totally your way, then I'm a machine. I'm not a person. And so that's why uh, very gifted leaders struggle the most with being good delegators. I love it. Very good. Very good. Well, this has been awesome, Hans. I'm going to put all of Hans's information uh, on hybendigital.com backslash Hans Finzel. And it's H A N S. F-I-N-Z-E-L. That's H-A-N-S-F-I-N-Z-E-L. I'm going to put a link to his newest book, Top 10 Ways to Be a Great Leader. And I'm going to put a link to all of his information if anyone wants to reach out to Hans and say thank you for this incredible advice. Uh, it'll all be there. Yeah, all right. They can just find me at my website, hansfinzel.com. And uh, great talking to you, Pat. I appreciate it. And all of you who are listening, hey, I wish you great success. And I hope you'll 
work at taking your leadership to the next level. Thanks, Hans. I appreciate you coming on, buddy. Okay. Thank you for listening to Real Estate Rockstars. Please be sure to leave us a five-star review wherever you're listening. All five-star reviews help us get better and better guests for your listening pleasure. And if you have a great review, I'll read it on the show. We are so proud of this show now with over a million downloads in 79 countries around the world. Also, don't forget to buy my book if you haven't already. Six Steps to Seven Figures, a real estate agent's guide to building wealth and creating your destiny. With an intro by Gary Keller. Sold everywhere online books are sold. You can always go to pathyben.com and find out about all things Pat Hyben. And don't forget to follow me on social media. All you got to do is type in my name. I'm everywhere and easy to find. I hope to meet face-to-face someday, but in the meantime, let's meet on social media. Thanks again for listening and keep rocking. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.